Thank you, ladies. That was awesome. That's just a little bit of what we get to look forward to this week as we kick off uh, Vacation Bible School. My name is Joel Buffington. I'm a family pastor here at Grace Point Church. And can I just say I love you guys? And uh, boy, what a, what a thrill it was to, to travel and uh, be with your young people and uh, moms and dads. If you could have somehow seen through the little lens, uh, some of you may have been alarmed at some things that went on. <coughs> um, but every single one of you would have been absolutely, uh, I, I think the shirt on your, on your, that you'd be wearing would just pop because they were, they were excellent. They worked hard. Um, they represented you incredibly well. And uh, moms and dads, I, I just say kudos to you because uh, they reflected you well. Uh, this was my view from uh, my coffee mug last Sunday morning, so it, it feels this morning, I feel a little bit weird. I feel like I should be in flip-flops or just bare feet with shorts on, walking around a deck, seeing, saying hey to a bunch of sleepyhead kids and <clears throat> talking with Vernon and Wes and uh, enjoying, enjoying my time, but uh, hey, let's do it again. I think that would be a, a, a really good thing. Boy, then sings my soul, my Savior, God to thee. Say it with me. How great thou art. It was probably 30 years ago that I sat on a dock on a lake, much like the view, with a view like this, in Canada on a Sunday singing at the top of my lungs, How Great Thou Art. As I think of the history of that song and uh, how it first echoed in the mountains of Switzerland, and then here, hundreds of years later, we're seeing that together. Um, awesome. It ties in really, really beautifully with the song that the kids just sang. You gave your life, you sacrificed. How great you are. <laughs> The least that we can do now is to live our life for the one who loved us so much. So as, <clears throat> excuse me, as we think about what God has done for us, aren't we always drawn back to the gospel in reality? This morning, I would like for us to gather on the deck, as it were. Imagine, for some of you, if you, you have a coffee mug uh, or a glass of water or something like that, uh, sit back for a few moments and enjoy the view. And uh, I want to talk to you about some things regarding the gospel. And soak this in, because it's absolutely beautiful. And if you have the opportunity, and I'm, and I'm done here with my advertisement, if you have the opportunity in the future to come along, you better sign up early because it'll go quickly. Okay? All the slots will, will, will fill. Last month, whenever I spoke to you, um, I spoke, and we really, really emphasized that we want Grace Point to be a place where no one walks alone. 
a place where no one walks alone. And we, because of my affinity for the book of Ephesians, we have jumped into that book a, 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 a number of times and uh, we'll continue to do so. But uh, today we're going to go to a different passage, the book right after the, the book of Ephesians. We're going to be going to the book of Philippians. And so if you have your Bible, I'd encourage you to open it to the book of Philippians. If you don't have a Bible, there's one near you, and it's either on page 1138 or 951. Uh, 1138 or 951, the book of Philippians. As we think about what the gospel is, uh, I would dare say that we could come up with a whole bunch of different definitions of what the gospel is if we sat around a, a table in, in, in one of the rooms and we give a, a, a definition of big gospel, the gospel in the air, the gospel on the ground, gospel around the table, uh, whatnot. But the essence of the gospel is what these kids sung about to this morning. They sang this song, you gave your life, you sacrificed. And that's a beautiful nutshell song regarding the incredible plan that God has for us. From eternity, He loved us, chose us, and decided that He was going to create us knowing that we were going to fall and knowing that we are going to mess up. And He decided, hey, it's, you're worth it. I'm going to sacrifice myself for you anyway. And so he chose to allow his creation to fall into sin. And because he's holy, he couldn't look on that. But he said, I don't care. I'm going to fix that. I'm going to remedy that. And Jesus Christ stepped up and said, hey, I'll take, I'll take the cross on. And so at the exact perfect time in history, he stepped into the world and chose to forever put on flesh and become like us. And he lived that perfect life, and then he died the perfect death that God demanded that would pay the price to bring his creation back to himself. And so the gospel is so much more than God has a wonderful plan for your life and he died on the cross to save you from your sins. Oh, it's so much more because the gospel still works in our lives and enables us to be a church where no one walks alone. The gospel enables us to reach out to people that we normally wouldn't be able to reach out to. To love people that we normally wouldn't be able to love. But because Christ lives in us as a result of the gospel, he gives us not only the courage, but the strength and the ability to represent him to others. And what a privilege it is. An amazing, amazing thought is that we don't have to be alone. And if we were to go out and survey the community, survey your neighborhood, survey your school, 
be kind of difficult for some high schoolers to try and get people to, to respond to something in the summer. If we would go and do a survey, that loneliness and that fear would be at the top of the list of things that people struggle with. And you don't have to. You absolutely don't have to. Because once the gospel comes into your life, you accept the gospel, and that becomes part of who you are, you're never alone. Ever. Turn to your neighbor and say this after me. You're never alone. Okay? One, two, three. You're never alone. Sometimes my wife likes to be alone. <laughs> Honey, you're never alone. Sorry <laughs> about that. She likes to have a cup of tea and a little cookie or something and likes to be alone, left alone. You know, she's, she's the only woman in the house, okay? <clears throat> she likes to have a moment. And those are nice. She doesn't get them very, very often. <laughs> I'm, I'm like a puppy dog. <laughs> How you doing? What are you doing? Let's be together. <clears throat> But you don't ever have to be alone. It's a wonderful, wonderful thought. But more than that, more than that, I want us this morning to think just on this point. That the gospel gives us the power to walk and stand together. The gospel gives us the power to walk and stand together. You know, life is, if we could boil it down and use an illustration of what life is really about, life is a walk. We see that in the Scripture over and over again. Beautiful pictures of life as a walk. Our relationship with God is described as a walk with God. When I was dating Angela, and she was so afraid of relationships again because, you know, her prior relationships were all messed up. <clears throat> till I came along. <laughs> and I, I, I told her this. Is this true? I, I, I told her this. I said, I, said, I just, I just, I just, I just want to walk with you. Can you not think about this as a relationship and, and all the stuff that comes with this? Just let me walk with you. And there will be times when we're walking way too fast and we need to slow down. And there will be times when we just need to sit down Will you let me sit beside you? Will you can, can, sometimes there's a path that's directly in front of us, and sometimes we don't know where we're going at all. I just want to walk with you. And she got that. And we're still walking together 22 years later. It's awesome. I love her. You're great. <laughs> but you know, as we walk together, sometimes it's tough even in our relationship. It's really tough. And there can be odds and things that are facing us that we'd, we don't know how to, how to do it. And sometimes we just, all, all we can do is just stand together and wait and say, God, you've got to figure this out. God, you've got to give me the strength to do this. I don't know. I, I, I can stand. Sometimes you just fall flat on your face. Paul writing to a church in Philippi. 
Paul had a, a, an interesting relationship with this small church in Philippi. On his second missionary journey, Paul took some comrades along with him. And he and Timothy and Luke, a few other guys, came to this particular place called Philippi. And when they walked into the city, they got themselves in trouble, as they always did, because they're teaching things that were different from what the Jews were normally teaching. And he was explaining to them that their scriptures weren't saying what they thought that it was saying. And he did, he did some things in, in, uh, in this particular town, performed some miracles, and really got some, some guys ticked off at him. He ends up getting in trouble with the authorities in this town. And so the authorities said, oh, hey, fine. Uh, they gave an order for Paul and Silas to be beaten and thrown in jail. If you have any uh, church background at all, you're familiar with this story. The story goes like this. They're, they're, they're bound. They've been beaten. Uh, not just the kind of beatings that my, my dad gave me when I was young and he'd paddle me and whack me on the rear end. No, this was a full-fledged beating, blood and nastiness. Tough thing. Wounds as a result. And they're thrown into jail, Paul and Silas. And at midnight, for some reason, they begin singing some song. Maybe they're singing our VBS song, Hey, 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 we will trust, trust in God alone. We'll stand, stand uh, upon his word. And whatever comes our way, we're strong. Uh, I doubt it, but they were singing something. They were singing some praise to God at midnight. God kind of liked the song and decided to shake. Or maybe he was playing the drums and, and the, 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 the jail began to shake. And the doors come open. Their chains fall off. And if you're a Roman guard, a Roman jailer in particular, and prisoners escaped, you were held responsible for that. And generally, it would cost you your life. And so the scripture in the book of Acts tells us this story in Acts chapter 16. The, the jailer discovers, oh no, the doors are open, it's midnight, surely all the prisoners have escaped. He pulls out his sword, he's going to do himself harm. And Paul cries out, and this is unusual, hey, don't hurt yourself, we're all here. And you can imagine the shock you can imagine the confusion. And the jailer runs in, checks. Sure enough, everybody's still there. My job is safe. And he's curious, and he sits at the feet of Paul. And Paul declares to him the gospel. He understands it. I don't know what it looks like. He understands it. He accepts the truth. He and all of his family, they believe. And they become Christians. And then he ministers to Paul, addresses his wounds, and all this happens in one, one, one night. You should read it sometime, Acts chapter 16. Cool story. The gospel radically changed this jailer, his family, 
I can imagine what happened to the other people that were in jail. I don't know. The, the, the scripture doesn't tell us. But I'm sure it had an impact. The next morning, the authorities say, ah, let's move on and forget about this. Let them go. And Paul sends word back to the authorities, oh no, that's not how it goes here. Because when you beat us publicly and threw us in jail, you didn't give us due process. You didn't ask who we are, what we're doing. You just took the accusation and made a judgment and then acted upon it. We are Roman citizens, he said. And that struck fear in the heart of the magistrates. Because if you're a Roman citizen, you had incredible rights. And they could be held responsible for the abuse that Paul and Silas took. And so they had to come. <laughs> I can't imagine how embarrassed they were, how ashamed they were. They came, and in front of everybody, they had to release these two servants of God. I wondered why Paul would do that. But Paul was about the gospel and defending the gospel. Years later, as he writes back to this church that was established as a result of the events that happened that night, he writes to this small church that's suffering, this small church that feels like it's alone, this small church that was the only church that gave extra to him and sustained him on some missions trips that he was taking. And so Paul had a deep love for this church. He had a special connection with them. And he always felt like anywhere he went, this church was walking with him. A cool thought. And I want you to look with me as we, we, we I want you to, we're going to skip through some verses in, uh, in chapter 1, much like Pastor Dell last week skipped through some verses in Romans chapter 8. Wasn't that a blessing last week? We were able to hear that online. Wow. That was one of those moments, Tim. Out of the park. Beautiful. Thank you, Pastor Dell. I don't see you right now, but uh, maybe you'll hear this. We love you and we're praying for you. Philippians chapter 1, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, and he gives his, his, his normal greeting, grace and peace. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He says this, and I want you to notice this. I thank, the very first thing he says, so this is important. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Now, what happened to him in Philippi? He was beaten, bloody, thrown in jail. I always remember that, and that was such a joy. <laughs> what a weirdo. What, what does the gospel do to you? The gospel messes you up, I'm telling you. But notice this. 
In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of what? Your partnership in what? Yeah, you can say, I can hear some of you whispering. It's okay to talk when I speak. Your partnership in what? The gospel. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. Verse 7, he says this. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you where? In my heart. Whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel. This is a reoccurring theme over and over and over in his writings. And oh, by the way, you know where he is when he's writing this? He's in jail. Again. (laughs) Again, I'm back in jail. Now this particular time, he's in Rome, and he's not in the Mamertine prison. We can explain that some other time when we have the chance. He's in his own rented house, and he has freedom, even though he's in jail. He's being guarded and whatnot, uh, because he's a Roman citizen. He has these rights. And uh, so he's in his own house that he's paid for, and he can freely declare the gospel. And so he's writing this. Oh, I remember you. And it's great. And this is so familiar. This is really, really cool. And whether I'm in change, which he was, or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in what? God's grace for me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And he goes on and describes this about how much he loves them and appreciates them. And then he says, I want you to know what's going on in my my life. Verse 12. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me, what's happened to him, he's been thrown in jail. What's happened to me has really served to advance what? The gospel. Now, wait a second. That doesn't make sense. I'm in jail and it's a good thing. And I I, I think about this with joy because it's doing what? It's advancing the gospel. I'm telling you, the gospel messes you up, makes you think a whole lot differently about your circumstances and where you are. The gospel. Verse 16, he's talking about there are some different people that are going and preaching the gospel and and, and doing, doing it in a different way than he would. And he says, I don't care about that. The latter do so in love, knowing, knowing, uh, knowing that I am put here for the defense of what? The gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerity, supposing they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of that, I rejoice. Where is he? In jail. And he's rejoicing because the gospel is being preached. Drop down to verse 27. And this is the essence of what I want to talk to you about today. That the gospel gives us the power to walk and stand together. The gospel gives us power to walk and stand together. Say it with me. The gospel gives us the power to walk and stand together together. Very important. Very important. Whatever happens, okay, he's in jail, facing trial. What's going to happen? I, I, I don't know. Have you ever had one of those moments in your life when you're just not sure what's around the corner? What's going to happen? 
you're visiting the doctor, what's going to happen? You have this call that comes in, and someone says, I have some things to talk to you about. Your boss calls you in to sit you down and says, we need to talk. Oh, my word, what's going to happen? We've all experienced those, I don't know what's going to happen. Paul's facing that. He can relate. He doesn't know what's going to happen. And he says this, it's important. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of what? Represent the gospel well, no matter what. If I'm killed, if I live, if I die, conduct yourselves worthy of the gospel. And I love this so much for a couple of reasons. Number one, because it ties in incredibly with Ephesians chapter 4. I have to get the Ephesians in. Walk worthy, live a life worthy of the calling. He says the same thing here. It's a beautiful thread that goes throughout Paul's writing. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only uh, hear about you in my absence, I will know that you what? Stand what? Firm. Stand firm or stand strong. How? How do we stand? Stand firm or stand strong in one spirit. Contending. That's wrestling. That's fighting. That's striving. Contending as what? One man, one person. For what? The faith of the gospel. Boy, it sounds like it's important, this gospel thing. This eternal plan that God has. And Paul writes, and he says, it doesn't matter if I'm going to live or if I'm going to die. What matters is that if I die that you go on and you walk together, that you stand together, that you stand together. It's one thing to stand together. It's one thing to walk together. This together, you know, our, our whole initiative, it's one thing if it was simply about standing or walking, but it's not. It's bigger than that. And that's the exciting thing. It's about the gospel, that God loves people so much. He, he's changed our life so much. He gives us the privilege of representing him, whether it's by picking up trash along the roadside or sitting down and having a deep conversation at Friday night in the park. It's because of and it is for the gospel. What a privilege. The gospel gives us the power to walk and stand together. And Paul writes and says, I'm facing death. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how the judge, you know, or Caesar, what he's going to rule. I don't know. We do know that he did eventually get released. He continued ministry, and then he was called back. And this time it wasn't in the nice house. It's in the Mamertine prison. Filth. And eventually... He laid down his neck, his life, and gave his life for the gospel. And Paul says, I'm facing that. That may come. I don't know, but it doesn't matter. 
What matters is that you walk together, that you stand together. For what? For the faith of the gospel. And that's my challenge to us this morning. This week, we're going to be learning and teaching, particularly the kids. Look to the, look to the side about standing strong together. God's love helps us stand strong. Family and friends help us stand strong. Prayer helps us stand strong. Trusting God helps us stand strong. The Bible helps us stand strong. We're going to be teaching kids this week about how to stand strong together. Beautiful. Melissa, they're beautiful. Thank you. Awesome. And this is so important. Why? Because this is about the gospel. This is about God's eternal plan from the beginning of time, before the beginning of time. One more main thing as we close this out this morning. On Friday, we had the opportunity to take a little drive and go look for moose. <clears throat> we, do, we think they don't exist, or at least they think they don't exist. Uh, we, didn't see it, we didn't see anything, saw lots of signs. Oh, I should have thrown that picture in. There's a great picture of a moose pulling an Amish buggy up there. It was cool. <laughs> it was really, really neat. Uh, I, I took a picture of it. I didn't throw it in there. But on, 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 on Friday, we woke up to another, another beautiful day. The temperatures had lowered just a little bit, and then the humidity just rose and rose and rose, and then it, we decided to go on a hike. Oh, it's nice. <clears throat> we were driving, looking for some moose, you know, and around every bend, every corner. Is it there? Is it there? And we came to the foot of this little place called uh, uh, Borstone Mountain, Okay. And so we went, and we're taking a walk, okay? We were walking together. It was a great thing. And we walked, and it was like up and 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 up. And, up. and it's pouring rain, and we're sweating and dripping. And, <clears throat> and you get like, you know, a mile and a half or two miles. I forget how long it was. You come to this little lake, and it's like, yeah, we're there. Awesome. Beautiful lake, you know, can't see a whole lot because fog and everything, but what you know, a nice, nice ex experience. And then we discover, oh, no, um, there's another half mile you have to go. Okay, we can do this, and it's raining and slippery and wet, and, you know, some of us decide, nah, I, don't, I don't know if it's worth the risk, you know, of, of going, and some are just like, I don't want to go, I'm wet, I'm tired. Um, and so some of us went, some of us stayed. And uh, as we continued, the nice, beautifully, almost seemingly paved road turned into a log that was like this wide. And then it turned into boulders and boulders. And before you knew it, that was like, we're going up. And there's, that's the path, you know. And that was the easy part, okay. And so I took a picture of that. That was the easy part. Well, once the group, I, 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 I like had a fall and decided, oh, let's not do this. I don't want to blow up my knee and have them have to carry me off this mountain. So I went back. But I did more than I ever thought that I could. It was pretty awesome. Okay. So that was, that was uh, my last picture I took as we, we went up and then I decided to come down and 
let's not, let's not do this because it's going to take me three hours to get down without falling. And um, so anyway, when they got to the top, okay, this is what they saw. <laughs> because of the fog and, and, and everything. But the beautiful thing is on the way down, we went to an overpass, and this is, this is what we saw. It's just absolutely, absolutely beautiful and great. <clears throat> it got me thinking, once again, that the gospel gives us the power to walk and stand together. It was really neat to watch the kids work together, to stand together, to help each other up. And Angela and I, as we were climbing together to help each other, you know, over boulders and, honey, don't do that. And she went further than I did, you know, and she fell as well. And she has the bruises to prove it. She's not going to show them to you, but she has the bruises to prove it. But I want us to think about this. As we face a week, sometimes life is like, sometimes life is like this. The experiences that we have, and they can seem treacherous, they can seem dangerous, they're slippery, they're very, very difficult. But God in His grace allows us to experience those, and when we come back down and we, we've experienced those, sometimes we get, we get to see this and experience the beauty and the joy of, of His creation. The gospel is a beautiful thing that transforms us. And as we walk together, as we stand together, he gives us the strength because of what he did for us. And this week as we talk about Kingdom Rock and we explain to people that we can stand strong for God, it's a real thing. It's a beautiful thing. And if you're here this morning and you're just like, eh, I don't get it, I don't understand. Boy, Pastor Tim, or I, I would, any of our elders. Our elders here, raise your hand. Raise your hand. If you're an elder, look, look around. Okay, we got a couple that are here. They would love to take the time to talk with you about what the gospel really is and how we can walk together. Seek them out. Seek us out. We'd love to talk to you about walking together. Because the gospel transforms our lives and enables us to be a church not only where no one has to walk along, but we have the strength to climb those mountains, to go down those mountains. We have the strength because of what the gospel has done. It gives us the strength and the ability to walk together, to stand together. I trust you're standing with someone, that you're walking with someone. Please do that. We'd love to talk to you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love for us. Lord, we thank you for the gospel that changes our lives and how you allow us to represent you in everything that we do. And Lord, thank you for the strength that the gospel gives to us that enables us to stand strong 
And I pray, Lord, that you'll give us the strength for another week of ministry, that you'll give us the strength for the things that are around the corner that we face as a church, that we face as a family, that we face. Thank you for the grace, though, that we don't have to do it alone. Thank you for your love that surrounds our hearts that we can't even comprehend. Thank you for your love. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.